today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. that the ability to enjoy life is a gift from God. So it doesn't, it's not worth it to hoard the money. It's not worth it to run after the pleasures and the possessions and try to make a name for yourself. What really, truly only matters, and here's the key, is faith in God. He says, he that pleases God, God, God will bless him. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. Today, Pastor Ed continues to tell us of what Solomon discovered in his search for meaning. Solomon realized that there was nothing that could be done to truly fill human desire. He found that no matter how much he did or received, he would still feel the need for more. Taking things further, he found death proved humans' irrelevance. No matter how great he or his achievements were, when he died, it would all fade away. Only with faith in God did Solomon see a worthy human existence. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message, Chasing After the Wind. I just know that I've learned more that I know a lot less than I thought I know. And so he looks at everything and he recognizes it's not there. So you're not going to go to Harvard, to Yale, to Princeton and suddenly find in those libraries and in those classes the answers to life. You're not going to plummet. Oh, the the gold mine of wisdom and knowledge. And, and, you know, we know more about things today than we ever did in history. We understand human nature more. We understand uh, the world we live in more. But it doesn't really give us the why of things. I might know a lot about what is this, what is... But no, the, the, the sun, and that's what Solomon is actually saying. He says, I've seen all things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after wind. It's just going. Can't catch it. Can't lay hold of it. So wisdom and knowledge are not the path. Getting another PhD or doctorate. Look, Germany had more PhDs than any other country before the Second World War didn't keep them from following a madman. Solomon looks at it and says, the chase after was not there. So then he turns and he looks at life and he says, well, maybe pursuing success. But he discovers the pursuit of the successful life in order to find meaning and purpose. That is futile too. Uh, Listen to what the text says. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. He's going to say, wait a minute. Success. That's what they tell you it is. You know, just first thing he looks at is pleasure. He didn't have stereos in his days. He didn't have an entertainment system in his day. He couldn't watch things on HDTV. So what he did 
was he hired choirs and actors and comedians, and they performed in his house. They were all on the payroll. So he got tired at night, wanted to hear some good music, get that choir up, sing. He wanted entertainment. Well, let's get the actors out, the comedians. He did all of those things. And he, well, then he said, well, pleasure. He thinks about sex. And he gets married. 700 wives. Over 300 concubines. That's a lot of... I mean, think about that for a moment, guys. <laughs> think about the trouble that would cause you. I mean, every day you'd have to remember somebody's anniversary <laughs> or somebody's birthday. <laughs> I mean, it was like... But it's all empty. It, it leaves him just futile, empty. There's nothing there. And so he, he, he looks at that and says... It's not there. You think in our times, one of the most um, well-known people was Ernest Hemingway. I mean, Ernest, Ernest Hemingway filled his life with everything. You know, you'd read about him sipping wine in Paris or on a safari in Africa or hunting grizzlies in Alaska or fishing in the Keys of Florida. But he committed suicide. And, and he leaves a suicide note, and I won't read it the way he wrote it, but uh, this, is what, this is what he says. Life is one just thing after another. Just repetition. It's empty. He committed suicide, his father committed suicide, and his brother committed suicide. Because they realized that they were trying to get something out of life that life was never meant to deliver. They were trying to get something out of pleasure that was beyond what God made it to give. Whenever we look to mind something more than what God meant, he's not saying, you know, there aren't beautiful things in life. But what happened is he made them into a God. He, he came to a place where he said, okay, that's where I'm going to derive meaning from. See, there's nothing under the sun that will give us purpose and meaning and rhyme or reason for our lives. Well, then he said, okay, wait a minute. It must be projects. I'm going to build. I mean, he built. It took a decade to build his house. And he built not just one house, but homes. He wanted one home to have a certain view over the countryside, maybe another home over here to have this other view. I mean, he, he was lavish, and he didn't have to lift a finger because he had all sorts of people working for him in those homes. And then he built parks and gardens. I mean, they were just absolutely beautiful. What he was trying to find is significance in what he built. I want you just to pause and think about how we often try and find significance with the work of our hands. I can think of my home church, beautiful church. They sacrificed greatly to build and take over an old Dutch Reformed church. They refurbished it. It is absolutely 
beautiful. And the congregation was over 500 in attendance. And they took this building and they worked for years on it. And it was absolutely pristine. Six acres of land in Brooklyn in a nice area. That's incredible. But then the pastor died. And uh, there were inner church conflict. Very few people that were there when that church was built, I would say hardly any now, are there today. Our church, we built a beautiful church on Market Street. They, they worked hard. Then they built one on Hooker Avenue here, and we enjoy this beautiful sanctuary but if what we're doing is building things for our own ego and satisfaction, they're all dust and ashes. It's simply gone. He realized that it, because Solomon built an incredible temple. It was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> but every stern stone was overturned. It was, it was demolished. What Solomon was trying to do is find meaning in in building. Now, he would have made Architects magazine. Uh, He would have been in Fortune magazine for all of his wealth. Uh, He he just, he undertook these great, great projects. But really, what he was saying, it just simply left him empty. And then he says, okay, maybe it's Possessions. And the text says this, I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. So he's just going to get a whole bunch of money. Now, if you went to his house, you wouldn't drink out of silver. No, not on his house. Only gold goblets. Only the best. Is the accumulation of money going to satisfy him? His his wealth, his riches, and... It's a chasing after wind. It's empty. We sometimes think the way he did. Oh, if only I had another 100,000 in my 401 or 403. Well, if I just could have another $50,000 in the bank there, you know, that's going to be it. Is it? Is it? Fiddler on the roof. Uh, Tevev is this old man who's struggling and, you know, he, he has these daughters. He has to marry them off, but he doesn't have any dowry for them. And so he's just bemoaning his financial condition. And the rabbi comes over and the rabbi says to him, Tevev, riches are a curse. Luxuries are a curse. And then he looks Upward, God, curse me once. (laughs) Some of you feel that way. (laughs) Some of you think that way. But Andrew Jack Whitaker wouldn't have. Andrew Jack Whitaker said he won the largest lottery at that time. Almost $315 million. Yeah. Do you know he tithed on that? I just thought I'd put that in there. (laughs) But what he did was four years later, he went bankrupt. He was sued by people. He had all sorts of problems. 
And sort of the light of his life, his uh, granddaughter, Brandy, he gave her a $5,000 a week allowance. Teenagers? You'd like that, wouldn't you? Well, it was her ruin. It was her ruin. She became addicted to drugs. A couple of years later, she died. They found her body wrapped in some type of plastic. And he said, now he was a millionaire before he won the lottery. He owned a business. He said, if I could do it all over again, I I just would have ripped up that lottery ticket. Money really doesn't make us happy. It really doesn't fulfill our deepest longing. So Solomon looks at the accumulation of wealth, possessions. He looks at projects, everything that he does. But then he, and, and he looks at pleasures, and he says, no, it's not there. So then he thinks, maybe I missed it. Did you ever, you know, as you get older, this happens, you lose your keys. And you look all around the house, for where did I lose those keys? And then you go back to the place you already looked for it at, you know, say, well, maybe I have to look a little more careful there. And so Solomon said, wait, wait, I'm going to look at this wisdom thing again. And so he goes back to it. And he, he, he realizes that the achievement of wisdom and hard work doesn't bring meaning and purpose to life. It's futile. In verse 17 of chapter 2, so I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after wind. You could see the hard work that he's going to do. He must leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. Picture this. Guy has a business. Up early in the morning. Comes home late at night. Puts the money away. Early in the morning, late at night. Goes through the routine of saving and saving and accumulating and accumulating. Then he dies. Solomon said, who's he leave it to? Well, your kids. Well, they say that um, usually inheritance disappear within the third generation. And how many people, even that, when they first get it, they haven't learned the discipline of saving. They haven't learned the discipline in working hard. And, 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 and it's just gone. The statistics are staggering. And so, isn't it about accumulating things and What he's saying, too, is that death is that great leveler. Whether you're wealthy or poor. Whether you're a fool or wise. Death is that leveler that levels everything out. Because later on, he's he's going to talk about... um, in that text, wisdom, he's talking about hard work and wisdom. Uh, he, he just says, okay, if you work hard, if you have wisdom, it, it really doesn't matter because you could live like a fool. And you, you could, now, wisdom is better. He does say that. Wisdom is like light. Foolishness is like darkness. Because what he's saying, in this life, wisdom will help you navigate better through problems and situations. So it has value. But beyond this life, it doesn't. If you're living your life under the sun, it's a puff of smoke. 
It's a vapor. It's just all gone. Young girl, young mother, praying and praying to be delivered from cancer. Church prays along with her. And I could be thinking of people within our church. She dies. Her dreams, her aspirations, her plans, they die as well. An older man saves, is thrifty, is watching everything, is careful, looking forward to that day of retirement. He doesn't make it. It's gone. And if he does, the medical bills, all sorts of other things happen. Death is that great leveler. You go to the cemetery. How do you know if this guy was a fool who was wise? How do you know that this person contributed to life? This person, well, it, it just... So Solomon realized if we live life under the sun, a life that excludes God, everything is basically meaningless. It's empty. There's nothing to it. Alexander the Great had a friend, Diogenes, and he was looking at some bones, and they were good friends, and Alexander the Great said to uh, this, this famous philosopher, what are you doing? And this is what he said. I'm searching for the bones of your father, Philip but I cannot seem to distinguish them from the bones of slaves. Life comes to an end. And when it comes to an end, our possessions, the pleasures, the projects, they don't matter. Whether you're wise or a fool, whether you're educated or illiterate, whether you were young, whether you were old, when you it, it, it just ends. And so Solomon was saying, and here's, here's the punchline. He comes to those last couple of verses in chapter 2. He, here's the punchline. Here's where he emphasizes it. He says this, life with meaning comes from the hand of God. Life with meaning comes simply from the hand of God. It says this, so I declare there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and find satisfaction in work. What are you saying? Enjoy the simple things. But then he says this, then I realized that those pleasures are from the hand of God. You could be Steve Jobs. You could be one of the 100 billionaires that live in New York City. And if God says to you, you will not enjoy your possessions. It doesn't matter if you live in a penthouse across from Prospect Park or uh, one of the other parks. It doesn't matter if you are in a mud hut in some remote village. If God says you will enjoy what you have. You'll have more pleasure and joy out of life in that mud hut than in that penthouse overlooking Grand Central Park. He realized that the ability to enjoy life is a gift from God. 
So it doesn't, it's not worth it to hoard the money. It's not worth it to run after the pleasures and the possessions and try to make a name for yourself. What really, truly only matters, and here's the key, is faith in God. He says, he that pleases God, God God will bless him. God will bless him. How do you please God? Well, in the Old Testament, there was a man who pleased God. His name was Enoch. And in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So having faith in a God who rules over everything. Now, we might not understand how it all fits together, and we can't literally put all the pieces of the puzzle to life together to get a real full picture. There's so much mystery to life, so many things that we can't understand about life. But we can understand this, if you please the Lord. And God's blessing is upon your life. You could be walking through the most difficult of circumstances and have joy and peace in your life and heart. So he's looking at the journey of life and he's saying, that's where it's found. See, what Solomon was trying to do was rebuild paradise lost. Projects, gardens, parks, homes. Gold all over. I don't think he made gold streets, but gold all over. Paradise lost is found outside of Jerusalem on a hill called Golgotha at a tree that was made in the form of a cross. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. It's found in following him. Life under the S-U-N. It's empty. Life in the S-O-N is purpose filled. Uh, Think of the contrast between uh, Warren Schmidt, we talked about in the movie, and uh, this person. Her name was Fanny Crosby. She's a writer of many of our hymns, of course, Home to Be with the Lord. From almost birth, she was blind, and she lived to nearly uh, 90 years of age. Now, when she was eight years old and blind, she wrote this. Oh, what a happy child I am. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't to weep and sigh because I'm blind. I cannot, I won't. See, when God's favor rests upon you, you could be blind, you could be lame, you could be at the bottom of the payroll. It doesn't really matter. If God says, you're blessed, you're blessed. And you'll enjoy the journey and your life will find purpose and meaning. You can be at the top and have everything like Solomon and hate life. You could be at the bottom walking with the king enjoying every day with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him. That's our promise. That's our promise.
Hallelujah. The Word of God is always useful to study, and the book of Ecclesiastes is no different. This book shares the truth of God's presence that is always with us in this life and gives us encouragement in the midst of life's hardships. As you search for meaning among the mayhem, we pray you find it in God's plan for your life. Pastor Ed Jones will have more to share from this series on the next edition of Building in Faith, but you can find additional messages right now by visiting our radio website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our church homepage as well by clicking on Back to Home Page. There, you'll be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a home church is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close today, we'd like to say thank you for joining us. We pray your day is blessed by God and that you continue to seek Him in your personal journey of faith. Pastor Ed will have more to share from the Word of God on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your Word restores.